1: You are locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day
0: from the twelfth floor of Fifty Pin Place in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, the home of thirteen forty the game and News Radio one thousand KTOK. Welcome to the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G thank you so much for making us a part of your day. If you like the Locked On Thunder podcast, the best place to listen in your car, just ask your smart device to play the Locked On Thunder podcast and not only do we sound great in those beautiful car stereo speakers of yours, but most episodes are about 30 minutes or less, so it's the perfect it's the perfect time to get you from home to work and vice versa or If you're just out running around, and you can always subscribe on Apple iTunes, their Stitcher, their Spotify, and you can get the podcast delivered to your inbox every day. It's the Locked On Thunder podcast from the Locked On Podcast Network. Coming up today, we'll talk about the banning of Shane Kessel or Kessel. Actually, this dude's name really doesn't matter because this is all about Russell Westbrook. This is about the NBA. Further steps they need to take, and before we go patting the Utah Jazz on the back, for them banning this guy for shouting profane things at Russell Westbrook and and going beyond just basic human decency when talking to another individual, there are some underlying currents here with the Jazz that definitely need to be addressed. Plus, we'll talk about what the NBA needs to do to prevent this and why they need to stand behind Russell Westbrook and not fine him for his actions last night. All due respect to Terrence Moore, but there's some very strong messages the NBA needs to send to their fans. I'll explain what those are coming up in segment number one. In segment number two, we're going to talk about the best rivalry in the NBA that nobody's talking about, and that's Rudy Gobert, versus Steven Adams, and it was on full display last night. We always like to talk about Russ getting up for playing a guy like Ricky Rubio, who wasn't in last night's game, or playing a guy like De'Aaron Fox, or Kevin Durant. Well, last night you saw Steven Adams get up for playing Rudy Gobert, and it's something that he does quite often. But what were some telltale signs to let you know that Adams kind of takes this challenge with Gobert a little personally and why it's a, it's a rivalry that the NBA needs to highlight but ultimately won't. And then we will wrap things up today talking about the Thunder's bench. It's all coming down to one guy, Dennis Schroeder. And while Schroeder has been magnificent over the last few games, there's some other dudes that need to step up. Or the Thunder could be in trouble during the playoffs. We'll talk about that as well. My name is Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and News Radio 1000 KTOK. I'm the credential member of the media. And if you like this podcast and want more Thunder content, a great place to go is themaven.net slash thunder. That's themaven.net slash thunder. That's Thunder Maven, which is a uh, website that uh, I've just started here over the last couple of weeks as part of the Maven Network. All right, I assume by now you're more than familiar with what took place last night in Salt Lake when the Jazz and the Oklahoma City Thunder were playing, that Russell Westbrook got into a verbal altercation with a fan, a guy by the name of Shane Kessel, who was allegedly yelling racial slurs at Russell Westbrook and the woman sitting next to him be it his wife or his girlfriend was echoing those slurs and Russell Westbrook told both of them that he would F them up. So, so you, have, you have most likely seen that video and if you haven't it wouldn't take you very long to just Google Russell Westbrook and it'll pop up in, in a heartbeat. In, in a New York second and then you can watch the video. And you can see Russell Westbrook's response as to what he had to say about Shane Kessel and about Utah fans in general and about just overall human decency, respect, etc. Well, since that time, Kessel has been banned from vivid smart home arena in Utah. All events. Not just jazz games, but all events. So when Kish rolls through Salt Lake on their you know, first farewell tour or third farewell tour, or whatever it is, Shane Kessel can't go. He can't go see Lil Uzi If he ever comes through Salt Lake or Pink or Ariana Grande, it doesn't matter, okay? He's just banned. And while that's great that the Utah Jazz did that, first of all, I'm going to say that it doesn't go far enough. I like the fact that the Jazz want to keep this guy away from their arena because it's the right thing to do, but the NBA needs to make sure that this cat... Doesn't show up at any NBA events whatsoever anymore. He has lost his right to attend, whether it's All Star, whether it's All Star festivities, whether it's just a game, whether it's a G League game. Doesn't matter. If you can't treat other human beings the way that they deserve to be treated, then you've lost your privilege to attend NBA events. And one of the reasons for that is the NBA is the most progressive of all our professional sports leagues. The the NBA has done so much in furthering the careers of minorities and of women. They are the last league that can accept this kind of intolerance. So Shane Kessel's band should not just stick with the Utah Jazz. It should be all NBA events, all arenas, all over the world. Anything associated with the NBA, this dude cannot go to. Absolutely unequivocally. That's first. Second, let's not give the Utah Jazz just a whole hell of a lot of credit here. I know a lot of people want to rush up and say, well, man, the Jazz did the right thing by banning this guy. True, but it was also very low-hanging fruit. You didn't have any other decision but to ban this guy, once you did your due diligence and found out that Raymond Felton and Patrick Patterson and Russell Westbrook were all telling the truth, and it certainly didn't hurt, the guys like Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell piled on and said, this is exactly what happened. And that's where the rub comes in for me, because we start talking about Donovan Mitchell, African-American player, and we know that Salt Lake isn't exactly a destination for free agents. And the Jazz have had their issues with guys wanting to play there and feeling really uncomfortable because it's a predominantly white state in Utah, predominantly white town. And there have been all these allegations that African-American players and sometimes European players of different color have not been very welcome in Salt Lake. So you're not just doing this for Russell Westbrook you're doing it just as much for Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert or or a guy like Jay Crowder because you want to say to them hey we will not you know we won't e- accept intolerance at all but this is something that should have been going on for a long time and the jazz fans for a long time and i'm sorry if you are a jazz fan i don't want to paint anybody with a broad brush and i do think it's unfair that everybody gets painted with a broad brush But this isn't the first incident with Russell Westbrook. We've seen him get into it with Jazz fans before. We've seen him get into it with other fans as well. But we've all heard the stories about the Jazz fans. And as an organization who is going to employ minorities, you need to make sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that the environment that they're walking into is safe and isn't going to tolerate anything that comes down or could be considered hate. So I, as much as I want to give the Jazz you know, pats on the back for doing this, I also kind of feel like there are ulterior motives there that just came a little too late. And I'm sorry for being conspiracy theorists, but that's just the way that I feel. And when it comes to Russell Westbrook and possibly giving Russell Westbrook a fine on this, if the NBA and Adam Silver have any balls at all, They will not find Russell Westbrook. And all due respect to the great Terrence Moore, who wrote an an, an article in Forbes, which I'll post on Sooner Maven, which is very critical of Russell Westbrook today, you have got to send a strong message to the fans that you're going to allow players to defend themselves and players shouldn't have to take Those kind of barbs. And part of it is, and if we're being completely honest about this, part of it is is our fault as members of the media. I won't go so far as to blame the fans. You can. But I'll take blame as members of the media because what do we do? We always talk about, especially in college basketball, more than pro basketball, are all these tough arenas that that it's very difficult for people to go play in. And we praise the Cameron Crazies. And here in Oklahoma, I always praise the Oklahoma State student section and Gallagher Iber Arena in its heyday because it was just, it was a tough place to play. And we always like to say the fans were on you. And we praise the black hole in Oakland because there's. 65-year-old little old ladies, which actually that doesn't sound really old now. Okay, 75-year-old little old ladies, and still did not sound that old, uh, who are cussing and yelling at players. is like, oh, they're great fans. They're loyal. You know, we have, we have rewarded this behavior for so long that it was really only a matter of time before somebody took it a step further. And that step further has been going on way before this guy last night. But still... Maybe we, the media, need to step back and realize what we're praising as good fan behavior is not good fan behavior. And that when you put an attack on another human, you need to know that you cross the line, they should be able to defend themselves. Russell Westbrook deserves to defend himself if somebody's hurling racial slurs at him and the NBA, as much as they want to say you don't talk to fans like that, well, how about fans not talk to players like that or other fans or officials or anybody else in that kind of tone? I know I'm running over a little bit, but I do think this is a very important audio, and lately I've been kind of backing off the audio. But this is Raymond Felton last night. This is from Maddie Lee's Twitter account. Maddie Lee, great beat writer for the Oklahoma uh, who covers the Oklahoma City Thunder. Here's what Raymond Felton had to say. And the reason I'm playing Raymond is because I think he's probably the one guy you haven't heard. So here's what Raymond had to say about last night's situation.
3: That's, that's a tough subject, man. I'm going I'm to I'm speak on this, and I want everybody here to really tune in to this and really understand. Like, at the end of the day, we're human beings. You know, we have feelings. <laughs> just like they got feelings we have feelings too that was absurd what they said to us and that's not fair that's not right this ain't the first game has happened it happened in Portland it happened pretty much in every arena you go to they're always picking on us, and um, it's, it's just not right man. It's, it's not fair to tell a man to get on his knees that's what you are used to doing and then turn around his wife reiterates it and says it right back to him again it's not right you know then everybody want to make a big idea of what he said let's talk about what they said to him first he's not coming off and talking to the fans just saying stuff to him just blurting out words he's not they're coming at him first when is it going to be a point when it's going to be protecting us players you know people can say whatever they want to say to us during games and yell out stuff and talk about our families talk about kids like our our kids you know you know we we are fathers and you know, we have families and people can just blur out what they want to say about us, and that's, that's just not fair. That's not right. You know, so when is it going to be a point where it's going to be about protecting us players? You know, because as soon as we respond and we say something in the heat of the moment, yeah, sometimes you may say something and it's not the appropriate thing to say at the time. You know, but when you're in the heat of a moment in a game or you, you blocked out of playing and somebody blocks out something disrespectful to you, you know, sometimes you respond. We're human. We respond in the wrong way and say the wrong words. and, yeah, you think about it later, but at the moment, you don't care because you're mad. You're upset because somebody just disrespects you as a man. And that's not right. You know what I'm saying? So when is it going to be about us? When is it going to be about the players? You know, That's what it says. about protecting the players. We have a security. The security was standing right there. He never said one thing. He didn't say one word. He looked at the, the people and turned around. Nothing was said. And that's not right. So as soon as rest goes off, now all of a sudden, all the security want to come. Everybody want to come and say something. You know, now they want to post it and put it all on the internet and stuff to make him out of a bad person. Listen, man, I've been around this guy 14 years of my career. Not 14, but since he's been in the league, 10 years. And I've been playing with him for the last two. I know him personally. He's like a brother. He's not that type of guy. they are trying to make him out to be this bad guy. Always said stuff and things. Not one time is he came off and just went at a fan coming off the court.
0: I'm going to respond to that coming up in the next segment. Plus, we're also going to talk about the best rivalry that nobody in the NBA is discussing. Ah, And all this overshadowing a great win by the Thunder last night. We'll get to Raymond Felton's comments and more here on the Locked on Thunder podcast.
1: Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you
2: do it?
0: Thank you for listening to the Locked on Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The best place to listen, in your car. Just tell your smart device to play the Locked on Thunder Podcast, and it will do that for you, um, provided it's the right type of smart device, which I would assume you would have right now. And you can also subscribe on Apple iTunes, their Stitcher, their Spotify, so many different places to hear Locked on Thunder and Locked On Sooners, and any other podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, just know we are your team every day. If I seemed a little angry in that first segment, uh, it's because I am. It's because I've worked with a lot of athletes and covered a lot of athletes, and they've all had the same sentiment, is that fans have this sense of entitlement. They can say anything they want to a player, and a player should just be able to take it. It should just bounce off them. Players should have skin like alligators because that's what they are. They're not human. They're like animals in a zoo. That should take taunting, and essentially they're in a cage, and and it's our job to make sure that they get riled up and they get paid millions of dollars. So hey, who cares what you know Joe Blow in Section you know 103 has to say? Because it shouldn't matter to them. Well, the fact of the matter is, is it does. And it hurts. And it's very painful. And you saw that with Russell Westbrook last night. And you heard it with Raymond Felton. And what Raymond Felton said, I mean, on your knees to me sounds more homophobic than necessarily it does racial. But I could be wrong. And it could be a reference to something else that that I'm just not picking up on right now. Still, whether it was homophobic or racial, it doesn't matter. Was wrong for that guy to say it, and it was wrong to go after someone. If he said something about Russell's kids, then Russell would have been well within his right, in my opinion, to punch him and, and go run our test. It just you, you can't do what you're doing. The other thing uh, that Raymond Felton said was that they have had to put up with for so long this kind of behavior, with no course of action to do anything about it, that maybe it's time that the NBA look desperately into that and see just how much leeway you can give a player before you have to reprimand them. And I feel like I've talked about this long enough. Thunder won a huge game last night. Even though they didn't get themselves into third place, congratulations to the Houston Rockets for winning. They did knock the Jazz down to eight, but... Lost, lost in all this, the game within the game last night, and it's always the game within the game when the Jazz play the Thunder, is Rudy Gobert versus Steven Adams. And Rudy Gobert, I will say this much, Steven Adams gets up to play Rudy Gobert. He'll never admit it. He'll never talk. He's just, he has learned so much from Russell Westbrook and how to say nothing to the media and be very economical with your words. Steven Adams won't admit this unless he has written it in his book or is going to write it in a book. But last night it was fully on display when you saw Steven Adams a couple of times tuck the ball like a running back, go into the lane, kind of give the, give the forearm to go bare and then take it to the hoop. And watching these guys play last night was an absolute treat. First of all, they're more athletic than people give them credit for. Um, Adams especially because you can see him in the paint and I remember one time when Gobert was trying to guard him and Adams moved the ball left he moved the ball right he moved it up and eventually got Gobert out of place and was able to get a layup out of it both of these guys are tremendous fast break starters Um, once that ball gets stolen they get down the floor pretty darn quick and give whether it's Ricky Rubio or Russell Westbrook a good target in the paint, they can do that. Um, Gobert touches the ball, scores more points than Steven Adams. I still think Adams needs to touch the ball more. Although, I will say this much. I'm going to be a little bit critical of the Kiwi here last night. He did something in the first half that drove me crazy. I only saw him do it one time, but he had a complete mismatch on Jay Crowder. Where Russell Westbrook had passed in the ball, and it would have been very easy for Adams to put the ball on the floor, drive to the hoop. You got a couple of inches on Jay Crowder, extend your arm, get a layup. I don't care what it is. Use your aggressiveness. Take advantage of that miss of that mismatch. But instead, he passed it back to Russell Westbrook. And I'm all for making sure that Brody's happy. But, dude, you got to take advantage of it. And then I noticed that very much that that play I I described earlier in the second quarter, once Gobert got back on the floor, Adams went back to being a lot more aggressive around the basket and a lot more aggressive just inside the paint overall. And I love the fact that these two dudes are showing each other up, but you're never going to see the NBA or trying to show each other up and outdo each other, but you're never going to see the NBA promote this particular individual rivalry the way it deserves to be promoted because neither one of them shoot the tray. Neither one of them have taken a three-point shot all year long. They are flat-out old-school centers. They're two of the few centers in the entire league that don't go out beyond the arc and try and add that repertoire to their game. And they both play, especially Adams last night, uh, was certainly playing with his back to the basket. But I want to see... These guys get the billing that they deserve because it was a treat to watch. If you're a fan of old-school basketball, watching two guys go in, banging around in the paint, doing what you can to draw fouls, get to the free-throw line, get rebounds, start fast breaks by either running down the court or throwing that outlet pass and just being an absolute terror for anybody to match up in once they got inside. Man, it was great. It was just great television and um, behold it, enjoy it, wrap your arms around it while you can, because unfortunately, there just aren't too many many good battles like that in the association, but I loved it. Coming up next here on the Locked on Thunder podcast, hey, great game by Dennis Schroeder last night. How about getting this dude some help? We'll talk about that.
1: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did
2: you do it?
0: You're listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am Eric G. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully, you're listening to this podcast in your car. That's the best way to listen because episodes are short. It sounds good on on your speaker and your smart device. Is the one woman that might actually do what you tell her to do? Because let's face it, that ain't gonna happen. You try to tell a woman to do something, she ain't gonna do it. Siri. She will, though. So just tell your smart device to play the Locked on Thunder podcast, and it will. Dennis Schroeder last night, uh, another great scoring game for Oklahoma City. In fact, if you look at his last five games overall, uh, Dennis Schroeder has not only been somewhat of a volume scorer, but he has been a guy that's been extremely efficient. And I I don't know if those words necessarily go hand in hand. A lot of volume shooter against the Clippers – Not so much last night and the games prior to that. You've seen Dennis Schroeder be efficient. The problem with Schroeder doing what he's doing, though, is he's the only one carrying the bench right now. That's a huge issue for Oklahoma City as we get to the playoffs. And as much as I was praising the bench for the way that they played against the Los Angeles Clippers, it's not so much the bench because you've got to constantly keep a starter on the floor. And maybe maybe I shouldn't worry about it too much. Maybe Schroeder can handle the load and maybe the Thunder can just get what they can out of Markeith Morris and get what they can out of Nader on certain nights or Felton when he gets the opportunity to play or Burton or whatever. But I mean, as we talked about yesterday, Burton's there for more defensive... Purposes, and that's what it feels like. This entire bench is; it's there for defensive purposes. And you've we've seen that you're always going to have to have a starter in there to help them generate offense. Even that small lineup I was throwing last out yesterday still included Jeremy Grant. And when it comes to the playoffs, I'd like to know that even though those rotation, even though the rotation shortened. And even though you're going to do everything you can to keep your best players on the floor throughout the playoffs, I'd still like to know that with a healthy lead built up, that Billy Donovan could rest some of those starters, not just Russell Westbrook and Paul George, but Jeremy Grant, Terrence Ferguson, who carries Ferguson who carries a load defensively, and that these guys are going to be able to go out and score, and it's not just going to be the Dennis Schroeder show. And right now, I just don't have a whole lot of confidence in that. On one day, it's like, wow, the bench played great. And then you look at it, the scores, and it's all Dennis Schroeder. And it's like, man, no wonder Billy Donovan still doesn't have any confidence in these guys because it's one dude carrying them. Um, for as good as Markeith Morris has been, was not that good last night. And maybe I shouldn't be that hard on the bench because um, at least Morris has been somewhat of a consistent score um, coming off the bench for Oklahoma City. But the fact is, is they're just not there. And that was one need that Sam Presti... Should have addressed. He didn't address it. And let's just hope it doesn't bite the thunder in the butt in the playoffs. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Thank you so much for joining us. Tomorrow, we'll be back to talk about the Brooklyn Nets and the Oklahoma City Thunder. And until then, thank you so much for listening. May God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. And of course, peace, love, and thunder up.
1: You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar.
2: How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point.
1: 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.